Welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is the Bold Strokes book author, Jeannie Levig. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Anita. Thank you very much for having me again. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's great to talk with you again. Um, it's exciting because you are uh, about to have a, a book released, right? Yes, I have a new release coming out in June. In June. Wow. Okay. So that's very, very soon. And uh, and it is called Embracing the Moon. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. All right. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, it is a standalone sequel to Embracing the Dawn. And by that, I mean you, you don't need to have read Embracing the Dawn to read this one. Okay. And it, it's a sequel in that it happens after Embracing the Dawn, but also it's it has a lot of the same characters. The main characters in Embracing the Moon are Gwen and Taylor, who were who are EJ's best friends from Embracing the Dawn when EJ was going through all of her drama with Jinx in Embracing the Dawn. Taylor and Gwen were the her friends that she talked everything through with and that helped her through it. Okay, so that's how um, this is a sequel then. Um, I was, mm -hmm. Okay, and and how did you how did you decide to write a sequel? I don't know exactly that I was the one who did decide to write it okay. after, after embracing the dawn came out. I had a couple of readers, several readers actually, who said that they really got a feeling for Gwen and Taylor being something more than friends. And I actually picked up on that as I was writing them. They, they had a lot of uh, energy between them. And I even remember having the thought, oh, that would be kind of fun if they got together and in fact, in Embracing the Dawn, I think there's a, a scene in which EJ has a thought about that, that they should just get together and get it over with. Uh, okay. um, so it kind of it kind of started there. But what really what really was the catalyst for it becoming an actual sequel is Tara Scott and Amy Herman Paul from the Lesbian Review back when Tara was still doing Let's Do Books, they did a Let's Do Books episode on Embracing the Dawn, where that, that's all they talked about, because they both loved it so much. And oh, so nice. they did a podcast on it, which is which you can still you can still find. It's still floating around, and I post it every once in a while when I want to give Embracing the Dawn a little bit of a boost. And so that in it, at, toward the end of it, they got joking around about how great it would be. I think it was Tara said she wanted Taylor to have her own book. And then Amy said, oh, wouldn't it be great if it were Gwen and Taylor together? And so they both asked for it. They oh. both said, you know, please and thank you. And, you know, and so that's really what got me considering it seriously, because you know, because like I said, I'd already always had the inkling of it. And so it just was kind of born there. And then I 
put some thought into, you know, what would go into the story and kind of what I would like it to, what direction I would like it to go in. And just, I pitched the idea to my senior editor at Bold Strokes and she said, great, sounds good, do it. (laughs) That was easy enough. It was, I, I, you know, I had a, I had a whole list of, you know, arguments and reasons and, you know, I was ready, I was ready to. Ready for a fight. Ready to fight for it. And she just said, great, go for it. Nice, nice. So, So, yeah. So embracing the dawn must have been a real winner um, if she had no qualms about a a follow-up to that. Embracing the dawn is to this day, my best-selling book. It, it has done really well. And, most people really love it. And, you know, for, there are a couple of reasons that people cite to me, but largely it's the popularity of the character Jinx. She, she's a really sweet, endearing character. And she has a lot of depth. She has a really tragic backstory that she's overcome. And she's just such kind person. And I think people really, readers really, they really like her. I was going to say relate. I don't know if that's the correct word, but they, they really like her. You know, she's, Mm -hmm. she's just, I think she reminds people of the goodness that we can have in ourselves and find in other people. Oh, that's great. So, Uh, so what is embracing the moon about? Embracing the moon. As I said, it's, uh, it's Gwen and Taylor's story Mm -hmm. and they have been, they, the two of them and EJ have been best friends for over 10 years. Okay. Uh, Gwen is EJ's administrative assistant Mm -hmm. and Taylor, all of them work at a sports apparel company called Bad Dog. Okay. And that, that is introduced in Embracing the Dawn and Taylor and EJ have actually been friends for about 20 years. They started at Bad Dog at the same time and went through their initial training together. Mm -hmm. So they've been friends a long time. And then EJ is, she's quite a bit younger than they are. And she came on as, um, she worked as a, she worked in her twenties, well, early twenties. She got her first real job at Bad Dog as a secretary and then she was assigned to EJ as her administrative assistant when EJ started moving up the ladder and you know became a little bit bigger wig and so she you know the the background for the three of them they've they've been very very close for over 10 years now and all of all of that is also established in you get to see a lot of their friendship in embracing the dawn, not as much as you do in, in as you do in embracing the moon, but their their really close friendship between the three of them is is established in embracing the dawn, and so then embracing the moon takes off with Taylor and Gwen admitting and exploring the attraction that they have for one another that that is pretty evident to to anybody who knows what they're looking at it in the dawn 
So it, it's their, you know, it's their story. Mm-hmm. They get to fall in love and they get to work out all their stuff. Okay. So in, ad- in addition to some other challenges that, you know, fall before them. So some of the taglines I was reading for your new novel are um, age gap, weddings, California. So how do these play into to the new novel? Well, the age gap is is the probably the strongest trope that it is that the the book is. Okay. Um, Taylor is fifty five and Gwen is thirty seven. Okay. So it, it's a pretty substantial substantial age gap mm-hmm. between the two of them, and so that you know that that's pretty much just where that comes in okay and it was interesting because i'd never written an age gap before there's a little tiny bit of an age gap between jinx and ej and embracing the dawn mm-hmm. but i don't think it qualifies as the trope because it's only seven years i think so this is the first time i've written a true age gap romance okay and it was it was interesting it was fun to do i i enjoyed i enjoyed it so and addressing some of the things that come up in age gap do do we see much of jinx and ej in embracing the moon in fact yes you see quite a quite a bit of ej and um not quite as much as jinx because one of the subplots in the book has to do with um the three-way friendship between Gwen Taylor and EJ, but Jinx is very much in the story too. And so, yes, you, you see, you see them a lot. And in fact, the wedding tag is it's EJ and Jinx's wedding. The reader gets to see. So for the readers of embracing the dawn, they get to be there. Nice. When uh, EJ and Jinx get married and, and, you know, participate in the whole wedding. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was a fun scene for me to write because I, I love EJ and Jinx as a couple and I just I cried the whole way I was the whole way through the scene as I was writing it. Wow. You must uh, you must really like the characters that you wrote. I do. This this whole set of characters is really is I'm really connected to them and they they really touch my heart in many ways. Oh. So that's wonderful. So did you have to do much research for this uh, n- new book? Uh, yeah, there, there's, uh, there's some medical stuff in it that I, I had to research because I know I don't know very much about medical stuff. So that I, I did probably that was my that was the most research I had to do for this book. Yeah. And how many, how many hours like per book would you say you spend on research? It depends on the book. Yeah. You know, there, there are some books I've written that, you know, I, I haven't done any because there it's everything like my, particularly my first book, Threads of the Heart, all of that, everything in the Threads of the Heart is, is just stuff I knew. Either I knew it from my own experience or I knew it from going through it with friends. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that one didn't really require, I don't remember, I don't remember doing any research on that because that one is so predominantly just about the inner workings of interpersonal relationships, whether it be uh, love relationships or friendships. 
So that was a true write what you know book. It was truly a write what you know. In fact, there's one character in there that's in the process of realizing she's gay and leaving a marriage. She has two small children. And that that actually is, uh, it's very much my own personal experience is that character. Wow, that's great. Hard. That's great. Was that was that hard to write or was that uh, cathartic? Uh, you know, by the time I wrote the book, I I was through all of that. And so it was really just more. Telling your story. Yeah, well, it was just there were a lot of fond memories about it. And it's not exactly my story, but it is, you know, I, I was married to my kid's father when I fell in love with a woman when I, you know, finally, mm-hmm. well, not finally, when I realized I'm a lesbian mm-hmm. and, you know, so it, it, that was a, it was a difficult time to move through when I was living it. But by the time I wrote it in threads of the heart, it wasn't, it wasn't really anything other than, something I'd been through mm-hmm. and the 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 husband of the main character of the character that goes through that in threads is modeled very much after my ex-husband who was just absolutely amazing oh. with me through the whole process oh that's so cool that's so great and, to hear uh, I got to I got to put him in it to a degree and then that was nice yeah so, so are there um, other like hidden secrets in your books that only a few friends would recognize? I don't know that they're secrets, but there are things in my books that only people close to me would recognize. Like a lot of the animals, a lot of the pets in my books are pets that I have had. And so nobody but other than people who have you know, been through my pets with me in my life would recognize them. And and there are people who, you know, like when somebody will read my book and they'll send me an email, oh yeah, I saw Dexter or I saw (laughs) so-and-so. Oh, that's neat. And uh, in fact, my, uh, what I call my forever dog, my, uh, I had a bearded collie named Dexter who is, was just as close to the perfect dog as anything, any dog can get. I mean, he, he was just one of those dogs that just, he knew what I was thinking. He he was always right with me. I could take him anywhere off leash. I mean, he just he was just a fabulous dog. And he nice. he got to be in embracing the moon. Oh. And so and so yeah, there, there's that. And throughout throughout a lot of my books, another another pet I had that that just showed up in embracing the moon. And it's very it's very small. It's just. He's not actually even in the book, but there's this one scene where Gwen is, she's talking with Taylor and something about her therapist comes up. And when she thinks about the therapist, she sees this little tiny blue bird sitting on her shoulder. Mm -hmm. And in the scene, who that bird is, is addressed. But that is a, there's a breed of parrot that is called a parallette. And they are a f- 
full member of the parrot family, but they're tiny. They're only about two to three inches tall from the top of their heads to the tip of their tail feathers. Wow. They're, they're, and they're just the most adorable things, but they have a huge parrot personality. So they're, they're really quite hysterical. And so I had a, I had a little parallette, little blue parallette for a while named Toby. And so he, he pops his head up in, in embracing the moon as well. Oh, that's fun. And then one of my other dogs is also in there that was also in uh, embracing the dawn. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. So do you, um, you know, you've been writing, right, for a number of years um, and have several published novels under your belt. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think that, like, your writing has changed and, and how has it changed since you, you know, first started? Probably the, this isn't exactly my writing process, but I, I never set out to be a romance writer. Oh, like my very first book, Threads of the Heart, that I was talking about, it it's not a romance. It's published as a general fiction, and it it does have romantic relationships in it, but it's not a it's not a genre romance. Really, because the the title kind of suggests that it does. But if you read the blurb, it it's more about the thread, the emotional threads, and the threads of the heart that connect us with about the interconnectedness of life and of relationships and so there are three romantic relationships in that book that it follows but also equally as prominent in the storyline is the interconnectedness of friendship between the five women that are the main characters in the book and that's a the first thing there are actual five main characters in the book not just two and it deals with three different relationships. So, so yeah, I, you know, when I wrote that, you know, that I really, my favorite type of book to read is general fiction. And so that's really what I thought I would be writing. And so I wrote that one. And then I was, I was in the process of doing a proposal for what I thought would be my second book. That was a romantic intrigue. And then somewhere just out of the blue, the Embracing the Moon, Jinx and EJ just popped up and that became a proposal. And so that that book actually got published before the other one I was doing the proposal on, Into Thin Air. And then since then, since Into Thin Air came out, I've written three more Three more romances, and the book I'm currently working on is a fourth, a fifth, actually, fifth total. So, yeah, out of six books, I now have four romances. And so that that <laughs> is something that has really changed. Because like I said, I never, and there wasn't my, I didn't think I would end up writing romances, but I really love writing them. And I like reading them. And, you know, I've always loved reading them. Well, we're glad you write them. I'm glad too. And I do, I do want to drop in a general fiction book every now and again. So Threads of the Heart actually won a Goldie as a, right. That was um, Mm -hmm. the debut author. Yeah. It won a Goldie for the debut into thin air, won a Goldie for, 
Well, what was it? I think that was back when they, they did actually have the category of romantic suspense. Okay. And then uh, A Wish Upon a Star won a Goldie for in the contemporary romance. Okay. Wow, so, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of Goldies. Yeah, three so far, and then a few Rainbow Awards in there, too. So, so uh, will you be attending the... Um, the uh, golden crown conferences not this year okay. no i i was gonna i was trying but i just i just couldn't swing it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so which i i felt i really wanted to go since i will have a new book out in june and then it the conference is in july so i'd have a new book to promote but it just it didn't work out but i'm shooting for next year yeah okay where is it next year do you know I don't know. It was supposed to be in Orlando. I don't know if they changed that or if it's still in Orlando. Yeah, maybe but, it's going back there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't been able to find it. But to be honest, I haven't looked that hard either. So <laughs> <laughs> so um, you mentioned that you have uh, a work in progress. Is that right? It is. Yeah, it's my, my seventh book. It's my fifth romance okay and it's contemporary and it is set in as the setting is a south carolina sea island oh wow fun a little island off the apparently there's a and i have i want to go see it i haven't i haven't ever seen the sea islands but apparently there are a lot of little sea islands off the coast of south carolina georgia and florida i think that are called the sea islands yeah north carolina too yeah is it north carolina yeah, yeah. just yeah, all the way down the coastline there that's great so, yeah that's so great. i'm working on that it's called island kiss oh. and it is now that book has required a lot of research because i've had to research the setting extensively since i don't live there all my other books are set in california which is where i live mm-hmm so when I need to write the environment, I just look out the window and <laughs> but the this this one set in South Carolina has been has been a lot of my own research. I'm working with a couple. Uh, one of my readers and her wife live in South Carolina, and they are helping me with that a lot with the like the wildlife there and the the weather and you know just everything they're they're real the the food the southern cooking and the food and all of that awesome oh yeah they're helping me out a lot with that and then the other area of research that has been quite intense is one of the main characters in the the present day part of the book is a paraplegic Mm -hmm. and so i went onto the GCLS website where they list their people who sign up, who are willing to be readers, who are willing to be content experts. Yes. I found a couple of readers, a couple of people that um, have worked extensively in that field. They aren't paraplegics themselves, which I'm still looking for a a sensitivity reader for this book. Mm -hmm. who is a, you know, paraplegic who lives a very independent life Mm -hmm. to 
to help me with the sensitivity reading part of this. So if anybody out there listening, mm-hmm. it's Bill, you know, feel free to contact me and we'll, we can talk about it. Okay. How would they contact you, Jeannie? Uh, they can contact me through my website, which is genielevick.com. And on there, you can email me through the contact me part and I will get it. Or you can just find me on Facebook and send me a, a message. But if you do that, you know, please say something right up front that why you're contacting me. Cause I, I get a lot of messenger messages that just say, hi, how you doing? And I don't tend to answer those because a lot of them tend to be spam or other stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you, and you know, so if you do contact me through messenger, do it, you know, tell me right up front. Let that, you know. Let me know that this is why. Yes. Yeah. And then, and you can also, yeah, those would be the two best ways is through my website, email or on Facebook. Okay. So um, how did you fare during the pandemic? Like, did it present some opportunities to write for you or? Um... Gosh, no, 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 no. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, uh, there's about a three and a half year gap between my neck, my last book and this book. Okay. And I can't blame all of it on the pandemic because I was struggling before the pandemic hit. And then about the time I got what I was struggling with worked out, the pandemic hit and I have, I've, well, five of my grandchildren ended up in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Three of them doing online schooling Mm -hmm. and the younger two, the younger two who were, are like three and five now in the house, you know, needing to be kept quiet while the old kids were trying to do school. And yeah. I mean, it, so we went through 18 months of that um, because the when they shut down the schools here in California, it was the tail end of 2020 and the schools didn't open up again until last September. So that didn't leave you with a lot of time to write. <laughs> It didn't leave me with time or energy or the inclination. It, I mean, I, I just really, it, I, it yeah. drained every bit of everything that I had. Understandable. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Especially when you're not accustomed to that every day, you know. Well, to some degree I am because I do, I, I've babysat all my grandkids, but I was not accustomed to having all five of them at one time in my house in a way that I had, I, I had to keep order, you know, yeah. the summer times I end up with a lot of them, but you know, in the summer, who cares, you yeah. know, we're, we're in the pool most of the time and we're outside and, but this, this was different. Yeah. And yeah. then just the, just the stress from the pandemic, you know, there was, there was a lot of that and the, you know, no, we, nobody could go anywhere. So, you know, it's not like we could go to the park during that time or, you know, anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, the pandemic took a toll on my writing, but it's, it's done now. You know, I'm back on track with this book finally coming out. And that was such an amazing feeling to hit the send button to my editor. That's awesome. So we will be seeing that in June, right? June 1st, it comes out. 
on Bold Strokes website, and then June fifteenth everywhere June, else. Is that right? right. June fourteenth everywhere else. June fourteenth yeah. everywhere else, and that's embracing the moon. Embracing the moon. So yes. we will be on the lookout for that one. Yeah. Okay. And then Island Kiss is scheduled to come out next June. June of 2023. Awesome. So, so hopefully I'll be talking to you again then. I I will be here. All right. I'll be here as often as you'll have me. All right. So Jeannie, do you have any parting words for our listeners today? Oh, just thank you. You know, I I got a real strong sense of our community during this three years of not having a book out and the support of my readers, the support of new readers that, you know, picked up my books, even though I hadn't had a new one out. And it, it was just, I just want to say thank you to our entire WLW reading and writing community for, you know, just for just being there. And, and in that, I include my publisher, my editors, my readers, new readers, uh, people like yourself that, you know, run podcasts and, you know, keep the information flowing and keep the connection open between writers and readers. You know, those of you who do podcasts and, and newsletters and programs and, you know, Jay does her challenges and the I Heart Sapphic Now, yeah. you know, all the work they put into connecting and getting books in the hands of readers, you know, everybody, every aspect of this community, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, it was so nice to talk to you. And uh, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Anita Kelly. And thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. Until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty and be safe, folks. <laughs>